Welcome to Act Pod, a podcast show that sheds light on the stories and impact of the social sector. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. Let's begin the change. Hello there. It's yet another insightful episode of our podcast show, Act Pod, our story, our continents. You know how they say the only constant thing in life is change? Now look at our world. We've gone through so much change from wars to disease outbreaks and then a global pandemic. And through all of this, you need a critical skill. Okay? And that's why today I'm going to be having a conversation with someone I say has beauty. She's got brains. She's got grit and so much more. Please welcome Folusho Badamosi. Hi, thank okay. you. <laughs> so today we're going to be looking at building resilience in the face of change. But then before we start, could you please tell us, who is this beautiful woman called Felicia Badamosi? You have such lyrics, Abiodu, <laughs> don't you? Um, okay, so Felicia Badamosi is currently the executive director of Junior Achievement Nigeria. Okay. That is my nine to five. Um, I absolutely love, love, love running Junior Achievement Nigeria. We are an organization that runs programs that empower the Nigerian youth. And we're one of the beneficiaries of ACT Foundation. Yay. And so that's, <laughs> that is, I mean, that is really, it's in a nutshell, I think, for the purpose of this show. Mm, okay. All right. So you're the executive director of Junior Achievement Nigeria. And yes. I assume that um, you have been doing a lot. Okay. Maybe I should take a few steps backward. So you have gone through... Um, the private sector, mm. even across industries, mm. the oil and gas, yes. tech, telecommunication, only you. Only me. And now you're <laughs> in the social sector space. Can yeah. you tell us what that journey was like for you? Was it an accident that you found yourself here? Yeah. Or was it just, you know, circumstance? That's an interesting question. So, no, it, I, so finding myself in the social sector space was certainly not an accident, but it wasn't okay. intentional either. And I will, and I'll kind of explain why. So, I studied computer science for my first degree because, you know, I just like, I like technology. Um, it's my thing. And over the course of my career, even though I've worked in different industries, I've largely had like technology roles. But, mm. you know, as obviously as I've grown, grown and, you know, just elevated, gotten more leadership roles as, as I grew. Um, the reason why I ended up in the social sector space is because I was at a point in my career where I was looking for more. Mm. So I felt like, you know... I wanted, I wanted something that was really me from a talent perspective, from an experience perspective, from a strengths perspective, all of that stuff. And so I saw this job opening, ironically, for this role. And I remember thinking to myself, oh, hmm, should I consider, you know, stepping full time into that space? Anyway, so decided to um, apply and the rest is history. So it mm. wasn't intentional, but it's also kind of was in the sense that I didn't think I was going to end up in the social sector space at this point. But for all of the things that, you know, I believe that I have been gifted by God from a talent, you know, experience and all of that perspective, the role was just perfect for me at mm. the time. Yeah. Okay, great. Okay. So my next question, uh, because you have moved from you know, across industries and yeah. now you're in this space, I'd like to know, you know, how you have come through, how of course, you have led different teams at different points in time. Yes. How have you kept them motivated on their mm. jobs? 
and you know to keep working with you on the mission and vision of your organization you know i think that when it comes to motivating people you have to understand them first right so i think that it's very very important not to assume that everybody's just similar mm. everybody's just here because maybe they want to earn a paycheck or everybody's just here because of whatever you really have to be able to talk, talk to people one-on-one -on -one mm. to really understand what their motivations are what i realized is that when you can understand somebody's motivations and you can also um, marry that with the goal of the organization. Hmm. It's a lot easier to motivate them to actually get the job done. What I realize is that many times, and you know, <laughs> let me just say it. So sometimes people don't actually fit the job. And I think it's hmm. okay to be a good person and let them know, Do you, are you really sure that this is really what you want to be doing? Because I've also found that sometimes people just, they just don't fit. Like, so you apply for this job, you think that it's what you want to do. And then you are there and every day is like, you are pulling out your hair, you are pulling out your teeth, hmm. you know, you are stressing yourself and everybody else around you. And so I think it's really about being able to understand as a leader, understand, you know, what motivates the people that you work with and how that aligns with the organizational um, organization's goals. As an individual, I think it's very important that you understand what motivates you and what your right. talents are and if it aligns with your organization. You know, I don't think that it's a good thing when we work in roles where we clearly have a conflict because hmm. it shows, yeah. you know what I mean? So, yeah. Hmm. Okay. Okay. So, um, you know, what you said just made me remember um, a few years back when I also needed a job and there was this interview I went for. Okay. I was, I was, I was almost going to say the organization, <laughs> but then, you know, the woman looked at me who interviewed me mm. and she thought, um, I don't think that you'll be a good fit for mm. this job. That's great. At that time, you were upset. I was, that's just the word. Heart's I was broken, upset, like angry. How, how, how could she, but looking back now, it's a blessing. I'm so thankful to her. Mm. In fact, I wish I could just walk into her office and hug her. You did the best thing yeah. in my life, yeah. you know, and, and that's such a good thing to understand that, you know, if, if, if what you're doing is not bringing you satisfaction, then you shouldn't even be there in the first place. Yeah. Okay. So, um, we have been through a series of disruptions and I bet We're still being disrupted. Exactly. <laughs> it's like you an know, endless cycle exactly. of disruption. Exactly. You know how they qualify with them? Diversity, volatility, yep. complexity, All of, yes. uncertainty. Yes. Ambiguity. Uh, and um, what's the last Uncertainty. Is it VUCA? Yeah, the VUCA. Volatility, uncertainty. What's it? I, f I forget the C. Oh, disruption. Yes. How did we forget that? Vucad. <laughs> That's what it is, yes. yes. Exactly. <laughs> you know, so all of that, maybe maybe I should start with the pandemic, you know. Yeah. I know <laughs> that when, when the pandemic came, it shook everybody. In fact, it Absolutely. shook the whole world. Yeah. And I'm sure that um, Jan wasn't an exception. Mm -hmm. How did you navigate through that? How were you able to still do what you were doing? Because I know that that year you still went ahead to implement your project as usual and yes. you got more results. So do you want to take us through that? So journey? it's interesting because, so, you know, I joined Jan at the beginning of 2021, which was literally like, a bit of a crazy person, like almost like, like who does that? <laughs> I think some people thought that there was something wrong with me. Like, who, <laughs> like who moves sectors, you know, in the middle of this kind of uncertainty? Cause there was just mm. so much going on. Um, and I would say, honestly speaking that I think that one thing that really, really blessed us at Jan helped us is just, just us focusing on being adaptable to change adaptable. and not, and not lying to ourselves, kidding ourselves. So 2020 was a rough year. 
the numbers showed it, you know, everybody had a rough year because everything shut down, right? Mm. I mean, we couldn't go out. Do you remember those days that we actually could not go out? Mm-mm. You could just step outside of the door of your house and walk up and down your room. And, and I that imagine was it. extroverts wearing for any, finding it funny. Of which I am, but that's a different story, you know? <laughs> so, um, we had to literally decide which way we were going to go. Now, mm. one thing I always say to my team members is, guys, listen, our product is programs, right? Let's say that we are, you know, an FMCG or we're Coca-Cola or whoever. Their product is, you know, maybe it's Dove soap, deodorant, Coca-Cola drink. Our product is programs. So what we need to focus mm. on is how to get these programs into the hands of those that need them. There are beneficiaries all over the place that need these programs. How do we get it to them? Now, fortunately for me, obviously, I have a technology background. So that also helps mm. because what we then did was we did a lot with technology. Now, prior to me joining as well, the organization was going through digital transformation, thankfully. So it made it a lot easier for me to kind of just plug in. What we really did was we leveraged technology a lot. Mm, We got very, very creative. I mean, I was still saying to someone about how you literally would find us in schools with a generator, with a projector, with a laptop, because maybe the school does not have power. Hmm. But we want to be able to teach those students, you know, some Mm. of these things. And the only way for us to do that is to literally carry a generator to their school. You know, so what we did was we just got extremely creative. And we decided, you know what, technology reaches everybody. One thing I love about technology is that it really breaks down borders, right? Like, Hmm. you literally find that with technology, you are getting to places that you never even imagined that you could. So we got really, really creative. The team is was and is still being stretched because it's obviously Mm. uncomfortable for many people especially if you are not you know let me say like maybe like a younger millennial or like a gen z and maybe you weren't particularly you know very tech um a very tech person you know it's a bit difficult for you to really adjust to the times but for us what we just did was listen guys our focus is our product our product is programs and we have to get mm. these programs to the hands of those that need them and how do we do that so any way that we could do it i mean everything literally from even streaming things live on channels television mm. youtube every single thing we are and we were doing that hmm. yeah. okay you, you don't tell us about the impact that had on on your oh, programs. wow okay great impact impact was great so mm. in 2021 we actually had a 65 percent increase in our numbers wow. from just leveraging technology like it was i mean it was obvious that you know that it worked and i think even beyond that um is also awareness right so what i realized also is that a lot of people who maybe did not know what we were doing now got to know what we were doing Hmm. and wanted to support more because one thing about us at jan is that we do empower the youth but our focus is obviously the lower income youth because the lower income youth need us more than everybody else and so we did get a lot more people just being aware of the work that we do because we were then more visible online. Mm. Um, we also got partnerships, right? So there were there were just a few um, organizations, even within Nigeria, that had interest in maybe like CSR work. Mm. And they didn't really know what they wanted to do and were able to kind of connect with them. So it gave us mm. the opportunity not just to reach more people, but also to get more partnerships. Mm. Okay, so while some people were crying, you know, <laughs> that they were going to shut down during the, the lockdown, you even got better with just, you know, by being creative yeah. and by leveraging technology. Absolutely. So, so I'm back to you now. I, I wanted to ask, how, how did all of this impact you as a person? You know, however you want to place it, maybe as a wife, as a mother, as a team lead. How did it impact you as a person? Which one now? COVID? The change, yes. All of the changes. Let me tell you, 
BB Abiodu. <laughs> I think that I'm still being impacted on a mm. daily basis. If I, I was saying to myself a few days ago, because children are starting school next week, that yeah. this is one of those um, times in life where you just have to constantly be on a cycle of unlearning, relearning, and learning. Like, right. you literally cannot say that you know everything or, you know, this is how it's going to work. Like, when it comes to, like, life, like, leading people at work, you know, being a wife, a mother, every single thing, literally, I'm on that cycle, like, round and round and round every single day because everything just keeps changing. Even, yeah. even like, with school, you know, with children. I mean, because of the pandemic, like, so many things changed. For, for instance, my younger daughter finished nursery school in the lockdown and started primary school in the lockdown. And what I realized from that, and not just her, so the, so a lot of the children that started like new schools during the lockdown, I noticed that it's different for them because a lot of them started school online, which mm. is quite different, especially if you are young, you know, in person. So that also brought about a bunch of challenges that even the schools are trying to figure out. So the point here is that yeah. everybody's trying to figure things out. But I think that if we just realize that the only time that you should ever stop learning is when you're dead. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Right, right. That's the only time because right. the world just keeps changing mm. and it keeps changing in good and bad ways, right? So from, from every bad thing that happens, you can actually find the good in it. Right. I mean, there's a lot of terrible things that happened with the pandemic and we don't want to talk about that, but there's also a lot of things that it brought that kind of gave us a fresh new perspective on how to do things, mm. how to explore things and how to help and reach more people. So f- like, for instance, for us at Jan, we're actually reaching more people. Mm. We're reaching more beneficiaries. So for me, the answer there is relearning or learning, learning over and over, over and, and over and over and over, and over. And over again. <laughs> <laughs> wow, this is awesome. Um, so I, I, I would like to know if you have maybe one or two particular success stories amongst the beneficiaries that you would like to share with us. Wow, I have so many success stories which one should i share you know okay so i would share from this from last week right so okay. last week we had our venture and management program okay. which is a program that we run in partnership with lagos business school it's in its 22nd year it's a fantastic program has amazing alumni yeah. um many of which are actually running um a lot of the social sector organizations within nigeria and other organizations as well mm-hmm. um we had 951 um, applicants and we only took 100. It was um, funded by Prathian Partners, GB Foods and MasterCard. The whole of last week for me was just like, I felt like, you know when you just feel like things are just, have just connected mm-hmm. and, and you almost cannot articulate like your feelings because you're just so overwhelmed. You know, meeting with the participants... Um, because they were at Lagos Business School all week. So we housed 50 of them. So it was 50 in person and 50 virtual. Actually, normally that program is just 50 people. Mm. But because of the pandemic and everything that happened, we decided to make it a hybrid program so that Mm. we can have a bit more people. So we got 100 people. So 50 online and 50 in person. Met a guy whose name name is Christian, Christian Agu. Um, Christian finished secondary school and did not have enough money for university because his father had gotten into an accident and the the Mm. fortunes of his family kind of turned. Mm. And so him and his sisters could not go to school. He said he worked for two years, washing cars, teaching primary school students to save enough money, went to um, federal Futo Oweri, which I think is Federal Technology Technology in Oweri, yes. Mm -hmm. Graduated with a very high 2-1, almost Mm. a first class, but long story. Mm. And, you know, when he was telling us his story... He was telling us his motivations. And this just goes back to that point about what you're motivated by. Mm. And he said, you know, first of all, like, 
he's just overwhelmed by even being at Lagos Business School because he's never experienced anything like this before. Mm. You know, just even just being, you know, being like the whole program, you know, he was selected, he was put in a hotel, everything was funded. And just to see that people are actually still interested in benefiting other people's lives, you know, mm. outside of what we see or we hear of Nigeria every day, you know, because yeah. there's a way that the narrative can make it seem so bad, you know. I was just telling us about how he's motivated by his family. You know, he's mm. all about helping his family get out of, you know, their situation and all of his plans. And, you know, myself, um, some of the professors from Lagos Business School, we're all just staring at the guy because he was so inspiring, you know, even to us. We're just like, wow, like you did all that. And he achieved so much mm. while he was at university, you know, started started a a TEDx on campus, wow. started an organization, started doing food drives to feed people, you know, just all these things. And so I think for me, the the um, the beauty of those kinds of stories is that we are able to reach people who otherwise would not have access to these kinds of things. And, you know, I, I always say, you know, I love to connect people to purpose through programs. Mm. And that's exactly what it is. You know, you're connecting people to purpose in different ways because that exposure... You know, sometimes school is beyond just the school. It's even yeah. the exposure. Mm-hmm. It's the people that you get to meet. You know, it's the connections. And so I think for me, you know, just because it just happened, that is a very, very recent success story. And, you know, just to see how even after the program, all of them from the program, I mean, they've all been so amazing. They've been sending me messages. They want to volunteer. Some of them even apply to come and work with us because they love what we do. So, so to also continue to remind young people that, I know there are many negative things about Nigeria. Mm. You know, the narrative is horrible. Elections are coming. It's stressing everybody out. But there's a lot of good. Mm. And how, if we all just play our parts and focus on our part of the good, we can achieve so much. So let's stop being fixated on all the bad negative. things that we see. Let's kind of just take our place. You know, so even them seeing that somebody, people are funding these things. Mm. Organizations are, you know, they're just funding for you guys to come and have these kinds of programs. So yeah, I think for me, that was really amazing. And... Let me add this as well. One of our funders is actually an alumni of the program. The guy that runs GB Foods in Nigeria. Yes. And so once again, for even for the class, it was Mm. like, wow, you know, this is really full circle. I mean, he, he was in the VIM class 16 years ago. Now he's funding, you know, this time. So for them, it was like, wow, we can also be funders, you Mm. know? And so I think it's just that whole full circle um, the full circleness of the story and the beauty of letting people understand that we can actually make a difference if we just play our part. Our part. Yeah. Mm, great, great. This is so great. I, I wish um, Christian Agu would be listening to this now. You're hyping him. Yes, so I'm hyping Christian. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so, so two things or maybe one major thing that I've taken out of this conversation is the fact that to build resilience, you know, in the face of change, you can't leave out creativity. Absolutely. You know, you know especially now with the, the way that you have used uh, technology. Are there other practical steps, you know, that you have that people can take to build resilience, you know, in the times that we're in? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I think that, out, so technology is a tool, right? Mm. So, I mean, that's all it says. It's actually just a tool. Mm. So it depends on what you use it for and how you use it. I think you really have to ask yourself what it is you're doing. So as an organization, what is your product? And everybody has a product. Mm -hmm. Even if you are, I mean, we, we all have a product. It's, just not thinking of a product as, Oh, it is this tablet Mm -hmm. or is this microphone? Like what is your product? And then what is the core of the work that you are doing? You know, are you getting that product into the hands of people? If so, who is your target audience? And how do you reach them when everything is scattered? Mm. Because the truth of the matter is that 
when it comes to being creative, it's really you just being able to break down the problem and look for different types of solutions. Mm. One thing that we do as well is that, I mean, I'm such, I'm one of those open door bosses where I'm like, anybody can come into my office and tell me anything. Let me have your ideas. WhatsApp me. Send me an email because I also realize that a lot of times the ideas and the creativity comes from everybody. Mm. You know, it doesn't just come from those that you have your Monday morning, your Monday morning meetings with. It doesn't come just, you know, from people that you might consider to maybe be like similar minded. A lot of times it's coming from everybody else. And so we found that so many of, of the things that we've actually done to transform our programs have come from anybody on the team. Mm. Sometimes it's not even somebody on the program's team. It can even be somebody in HR. That just is like, oh, how about this? Or it can be somebody in finance. Or it can be somebody in, you know, marketing and communication. So yeah. the point is, let's open up those doors for creativity. And do not make the problem more complex than it is. Mm. You know, I always tell my team, I'm like, guys, we're all, I, I, we're all working for programs. You know, I keep saying this thing because that's how I really feel. I'm like, we're all supporting programs. Mm. So make it that simple so that they understand that our actual product is bam. And for us to get that product into the hands of the people, this is what we must do. But right now, we're having a bit of challenges because maybe, I don't know, the pandemic disrupted us. We don't have enough money. How do we shift things around a bit? Mm. Another thing for um, social sector organizations, especially, is storytelling. Mm. Storytelling. I don't think that we do enough storytelling. Right. I think that we need to do a lot more of letting people really understand the impact of what we've done from the perspective that would, from a perspective that you actually understand, right? So not just a report but actually telling a story. Um, I saw that, I think it was Otto Slum to School. You know, he put up a post recently about a girl that's now in secondary school. So mm -hmm. a girl that they had taken from Makoko and, you know, who had finished school and is now in secondary school. The way the story was told, you have to be evil for that story not to have touched Touch your heart. You. Wow. But then it's a real story about a mm -hmm. life of somebody who would not have had that opportunity, you know? So I think that we just have to really um, take down the walls, mm -hmm. you know, and really just be very honest with ourselves, be very simple about what we're solving or fixing as a company. Every organization exists to solve a problem. What are you really doing? What is your product? And then you guys all just sit there and talk about it and let everybody have inputs. Everybody should bring their ideas as to how we can do better with this thing. Mm. And let's see how that goes. Yeah. Mm, mm, great. One, one other thing I picked now, you know, is the fact that you're open-minded, you know. And that sort of reminds me oh, of my yes. CEO. I'm always hyping that woman. Or That's say, my baby girl for life. That's my sister. <laughs> She's such an awesome amazing. CEO. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing woman. Like, Shout out so to Osai Alile. Shout out forever. You know, she's my, actually my sister. Oh, really? Yeah, she's my sister. We're sisters from different parents, but we're sisters. Oh, okay. Now I get you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you also mentioned that you're having challenges, and I was hoping that you'll touch on one or two, and how you have dealt with those challenges or are still dealing with, with them. Okay, so I'm not I'm not sure what what I was referencing when I mentioned that, but um, I mean cha challenges exist when you're running an organization. <laughs> yes. If we are doing anything, there's a challenge. Mm -hmm. You even just wake it up in the morning, there's always a challenge. And um, I think right now, maybe from a challenge perspective, one of our biggest challenges, I guess, would just be I mean just keeping keeping staff. I mean that's tough mm -hmm. on everybody at yeah. the moment. Um, but you know I don't. So you know I'm my brain is wired very interestingly. I don't whenever I see a challenge, I, I automatically start thinking about the positive side of it. Mm. I love the fact that my people leave Jan and go and do bigger things, you know, so they go and get a master's or they go to a, you know, a bigger organization or they do. Um, what, what, what I love as a leader is to be able to see someone 
talents in them, help them, you know, harness it as best as we can within the organization and then see them go on to bigger and better. Mm. It really excites me. But it's also a challenge, right? Because obviously mm. then we then have to, you know, deal with recruiting and all that. But one thing that we've done, I'll tell you, um, Ajan, is we are building a volunteer force. And we actually got this from slum to school. So when I joined the sector, I spent time with just a few people within the sector that, you know, I felt could really help me learn, catch up. Because, I mean, I'm new full-time to the sector and I love to learn, you know. So I had sat with a bunch of people and they were also amazing. I didn't care. I did Faith Foundation. Shout out to her. She's amazing. Mm. Otto was amazing. Osai, amazing. I mean, so many of them, you know. And they all helped me. Moladie Adeniya as well of WAVE. And one thing that, that I realized from talking to all of them was just the importance of creativity in this mm. in this industry, right? You really have to be creative because yeah. a funder gives you money and they want you to get stuff done. And sometimes it's like um, how they say that you want um, champagne with a beer budget, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you're trying to figure out how to, <laughs> how? how to make it work. And so we're building a volunteer workforce because we also realize that so many people want to volunteer BB. Mm, yeah. So many people, like... People keep coming at me like we would love to help. So we're figuring out ways to um, augment our workforce such that when we lose people, it's obviously sad. We love them, but mm. we're also not in a bad situation that we cannot run programs. Because once again, what's our products? Mm. My product programs. is programs. <laughs> My programs have to run. My funders must see that the money they gave us for the program is happening. So mm. that's a huge challenge. And I think that this volunteer thing that we're building is really, really um really a great answer to that and it's still work in progress you know really? so don't ask me um for statistics concerning this yet because we're still <laughs> we're retooling it <laughs> we're fine-tuning it <laughs> okay I, I guess we're rounding up now i'm still enjoying this conversation i don't want to stop <laughs> Same here. So, so act foundation has been partnering with you for how long now Oh dear. So I think it has been a few years. I'm not sure the exact number okay. because it was before I joined, but it's been a few years. Mm. And let me tell you, Ark Foundation has helped us expand to about, I think, eight additional cities. Great. Yes. And we have reached, I believe what I was told was about 4,000 more beneficiaries because mm. of the Ark Foundation grants, mm. which is amazing for us because the program that Ark Foundation supports is our company program. And our company program is junior achievement worldwide's like the most successful hmm. of all of our programs and impactful we have amazing alumni from company program one of which is in in aboyeji which everybody um knows you know he's a big tech tech guy here in nigeria hmm. and the company program is so instrumental because it targets secondary school students and teaches them about entrepreneurship hmm. which is so important in our environment yeah. because entrepreneurship is all about you being able to solve a problem within your community and obviously make some sort of profits from it so we teach them so many things creativity problem solving critical thinking so the art foundation grads is like a treasure for us so thank you Ask foundation we appreciate you very much you, you didn't even let me ask the question i, I know sorry ask. i was so excited i have to talk about this and, I was we, so and we are so we are so so glad that you know partnering with you is actually going this way so it's because of partners like you that we are also able to reach those imagine that we don't yeah. implement directly it is yes. through you know partners like Your partners, you that yes. we're able to reach those people and in the end of, at the end of the day you know somehow we get the credits yes. <laughs> and it's wonderful yeah but you know that's the beauty of the sector i think is that mm. everybody is playing in their strength space right mm. we all don't have to implement we all don't
all don't have to fund. You know, everybody should kind of just stay within what they their know strength. that they're good at, within their strengths, and then we can make magic happen. Mm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and that's what we know how to do at ACT Foundation. We're a grant-making organization. And what do we do? We partner with local uh, nonprofits in Nigeria and also across Africa to solve problems in their communities. On this note, I would like to say a very big thank you to you for an awesome, insightful conversation. Stay with us next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to ActPod. For inquiries and feedback, please reach us on actpod at actrustfoundation.org. Follow us on social media at actfoundation underscore on Instagram and Twitter at the Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation on Facebook. The show is proudly powered by Aspire Coronation Trust Foundation. ActPod, our story, our continent.